comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundance life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, so for the past, I think about two months or so, we've been looking at overcoming stagnation. Somebody say overcoming stagnation. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 is our test. The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Somebody say, you have dwelt long enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to move. If he's not saying it boldly to you, say to yourself, it's time for me to move. Deuteronomy 2 verse 2 and 3. He said, the Lord spake unto me, saying, you have come past this mountain long enough. Turn ye northward. I see you turn. I see you make a U-turn. You are turning for your favor. You are turning for your good. Give me a louder amen. Okay, John chapter 5 and verse number 5 to 9. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Verse 7. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Verse number 8. Jesus said to him, rise. Let's read it together. One go. Jesus said to him, rise. What did Jesus say to him? Rise. Take up your bed and walk. That's where we are now. We started it a couple of months ago and we said that for every object to change its position of rest, force must be required. Somebody say force must be required. required. You need to apply force to move any object that is in a stationary position to a moving state. If this puppet must move from here to there, force must be applied. And so we've been looking at overcoming stagnation. We realize that stagnation is a reality. Somebody say stagnation is a reality. Yeah, it may be spiritual, it may be financial, it may be uh, moral. Stagnation is a reality. You cannot. It's a reality that some people's marriage is at the same spot, the same problem. They solve it, it comes again, it comes again. Finances the same. But in this series, God is putting into your hands the keys that will move you forward. The keys that will bring you progress. Somebody give me a believing amen. So essentially, we've been exploring the forces that will help us to advance our lives. God wants us to live a life of progress and advancement. The Bible said the path of a just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Your path will shine. Your path will shine. You didn't believe it. I said your path will shine. So, having examined the force of thanksgiving, examined the force of prayer, examined the force of wise counsel, examined the force of vision, examined the force of dealing or the weight of excuses, and having examined the force of faith, we are on the force of diligence. Somebody say the force of diligence. Say the force of diligence. The force of diligence. That's where we are. The force of diligence. Jesus instructed him. He's about to perform a miracle. And you would have thought that the Messiah would just do it all by himself. But even a miracle will not happen without your input. There are people who think that when something is a miracle, it just happened that God has just done it. No. Even a miracle requires human input. It's a supernatural art 
but it requires the requisite placement or positioning. You need to be strategically positioned for you to experience a miracle. How many of you know that Jesus was a miracle worker? How many of you know that the clothes of Jesus could heal? Nobody knew that until the woman, the woman with the issue of blood made a seat. A lot of people, in fact, at the time the woman's the woman reached out to Jesus and got healed. A lot of people were touching Jesus. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. So, miracle. A lot of people were shaking hands with him. Some, the Bible said when she was thrown, a lot of people thronged him. Nothing happened. But the woman came from behind and said, if I touch him. So, if it was just the touch, then the people who were touching him and had infirmity would have been healed. But they were touching. They were very close. Nothing was happening to them. The woman was far, but her heart was well placed. I'm not communicating to somebody. It's always important that nothing happens by chance. Nobody progresses in life without actively engaging for progress. And I pray that grace will come upon you to engage. Amen. The force of diligence. Last week, Pastor Nile helped us to appreciate what diligence is. And we said that diligence simply means dutiful. When we say someone is diligent, he's a dutiful person. He persists along at work. He finds solution to difficult problems. That is a diligent person. And then he touched on a number of things. We talked, I think he talked about uh, the why we need to be diligent. Amongst many things, he said that God the Father is a diligent God. And then disorderliness. A lack of diligence is a sign of disorderly Christian living. But tonight, I want to take it a step further. Somebody say a step further. Come with me to Proverbs 22, verse 29. He said, Seest thou a man? Seest thou who? Seest thou who? Seest thou a man? Seest thou a woman? Diligent in his business. There are people who are diligent but in other people's business. The Bible calls them busy bodies in other people's matters. They are busy, but in the wrong areas. I pray that after this service, you will focus your strength on things that matter. Amen. People who are busy gossiping, bringing no productivity to their lives, busy worshiping, when the information they are sending across is not impactful, it's not even gospel-centered. Just gossip, spreading it around. May the Lord deliver you from business. Business without intentionality. May you be delivered. Amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Hear me. A culture of diligence is a godly culture. Somebody say a culture of diligence. It's a godly culture. It is anti-Christian to be lazy. That's what I mean by that. It is anti-Christian to be lazy. To pray all day and sleep all night is a waste of life. God called us to a life of orderliness. And one of the things that shows that we are living orderly is when we are diligent. We apply ourselves to work. Now come with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6 to 12. Now we command you. Somebody say we command you. Uh -huh. So it's a command to work. Turn to your neighbor and say it's a command to work. You are commanded to work. We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from any brother that walketh disorderly. How? And not after the tradition which you, he received of us. Verse 7. For you yourself know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Nor did we eat any man's bread for naught. If you are eating someone's bread without laboring for it, may you be delivered tonight. Amen. He said, we didn't eat any man's bread for free. There are some people that delight in moving from place to place, eating people's food. I want to visit you this Sunday. For what? <laughs> if you are visiting to encourage, that's fine. But if you are going with your belly, you are not welcome. Praise God. He says, neither did we eat any man's, but we route with labor with our own and travel day and night that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Verse 9. Not because we have no power, but to make ourselves example on, to follow us. Go to verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. Somebody say a command. Uh -huh. That if any will not work, neither should eat. 
So when somebody comes to church and after service he comes to you, begs you for money, find out from church office before you part with anything. Because people lately come to this house and when we close the service, they are moving from person to person begging for money. Praise God. The Bible said, let all things be done decently and in order. Go to verse number 11. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, walking not, working not at all, but are busy bodies. Verse 12. Now, them that are such, we command, exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Ask your neighbor, whose bread are you eating? What did they say? Is it their own bread? Let them answer. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Ephesians 2 8. He said, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Somebody say, stop stealing. stop stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Turn to your neighbor and say, work and give. Work and give. Say, work and give. work and give. Don't come to church and be looking for money from church. Work and give. One of the reasons why we work is to give. That's one of the biblical purposes for work. In this service, I want to focus on 15 attributes of a diligent person. 15 attributes of a diligent person. 15 attributes of a diligent person. And by the time we are through, mark yourself whether you are diligent or not. And if you are not, may the grace of God come upon you to be diligent. 15 attributes of a diligent person. Number one, a diligent person understands the biblical purpose of work. A diligent person understands the biblical purpose of work. Many people are lazy because they don't understand work. They don't understand. Why are you not working? Nobody has hired me. When you understand the purpose for work, you won't wait to be hired. You'll find something to do. That's what the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, whatsoever the hand findeth to do. He didn't say, wherever you get employment. Whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with all the might. Because, you see, you are a building. And any building that is not inhabited, sooner or later will begin to start dilapidating. How many of you have seen that a building deteriorates faster when nobody is living in it? When you read Ecclesiastes, the Bible said, through the idleness of hands, the building decayed. Through the idleness of hands. When you are there, you are doing nothing. Your potential is wasted. Your, your whole capacity and life is just wasted. You shall not waste your life. Yeah. I said you shall not waste your life. Yeah. You are too loaded to live a wasteful life. Yeah. Receive grace not to waste your life. Yeah. You need to understand why we work. The average person understands that we work to make money. But that is the least and one of the basic forms or purposes for work. When you come into the Bible, there are several reasons why we work. And Africans, the one that we major on is working for money. Working for money. Is it bad to make money? No. But there are more, there are several other reasons why God gave us work. When God created the universe and worked tirelessly for six days and rested for one day, what, who paid him? He was created. Praise God. He was created. And when he saw what he had created, he said, behold, it is very good. He became satisfied, not because he was paid, but because he had created something productive. Work, we work to create. Praise God. And when you are creating something, even when you are not paid for, I'm sure the one who created Mercedes-Benz, before you even buy it, the fact that he has been able to give people a means of transport, a means of movement, he feels fulfilled, he feels excited. The same with anybody who is able to create something that is in the hands of many people. Their real fulfillment is not in the millions. It's not. It's not. We work to create. We work to add value. Somebody say add value. Yeah. That's why we work. God gave us work so we will add value to life. When you see that what you are doing is making meaningful impact on others. It brings some joy and fulfillment that no amount of payment can replace. Praise God. A diligent person works to add value and not just to draw a salary. A diligent person. Somebody say a diligent person. 
He works to add value, not just to draw salary. And all the time, when you go to any workplace, any working environment, whether in church, anywhere, you see that those who are working to add value, their attitude is different. Their attitude is different. It's different altogether. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, those who add value always end up being paid higher and higher and higher. Because when you add value, you become highly valuable. Praise God. We work to earn a lot of things. Not just money. We work to earn experience, skill. Yeah. All of these are things we, we work to. And you finish school, you are sitting at home, watching TV and wasting your life. Get out and start finding something to do. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Listen, as a Christian, it is better to work for free than to sit at home. It's abomination for a child of God to sit at home and not work. Work for free than sit at home. Because when you sit at home, you are wasting divine potential. God has placed wisdom in you. He's placed supernatural giftings in you. So by the time you are sitting down idly wasting away, you are just wasting divine potential. And you know the Bible says, the slothful man is a brother to him that is a great waster. A lazy man and a waster are the same. They are twins. You shall not be lazy. I said you shall not be lazy. Let me tell you, you see, the grace of God is available unto all, but not everyone can maximize it for greatness. Apostle Paul maximized it for outstanding greatness. Why? Because he labored more abundantly. As for grace, it's a common denominator. The amount of labor you put into it is what will distinguish you from one person to another. May you be distinguished by your labors. May you be distinguished by your investment. Give me a believing amen. amen. Number two, a diligent person develops the right mindset towards work. You need the right mindset. Somebody say right mindset. Right mindset. You need to have the right mindset towards work. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6. Nehemiah 4 6. So we built the wall and joined, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. May God give Ghanaians a mind to work. May God give every member in this assembly a mind to work. Mind to work. People go to work and they have the mind to play, not the mind to work. Praise God. Mind to chat. That's why somebody can be standing in a shop ready to buy and the person is on phone and the conversation is not in, re in relation to the business that is going on at the moment. Mind to play. Mind to just be around. People go just to show up. Just want to show up. There are people who delight in working in places like that. Praise God. You must have the mind to work. Somebody say the mind to work. The mind to work. The mind to when you have the mind to work, you cannot be in an idle environment. Oh, our office there, there isn't much to be done. Then quit the place, find another place and go and work. As far as people are concerned, some people can just be comfortably be drawing salary and they go to the office and they do nothing. You just watch movies. And every month in most of our public institutions, that's what is happening. And when we finish, we blame government, we blame MPP, we blame NDC. Let's take the blame first before you give it to anybody else. Praise God. Mind to work. You need the mind. Somebody say the mind. You need the mind to work. There are people who actually think that even work is a case. Work is a curse. Listen, work was the first thing God gave man before a wife. They all start with W, but the work came before the wife. Praise God. God gave man. He planted him in the garden. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, he said he planted man in the garden. And he said, work it. And till it, yes, work it. Give me the new international version. New international version. He says, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. When he has successfully taken care of it, God said, now you're qualified to marry. You are not even qualified to be having a girlfriend when you are not working. You have to work. You use, whose, whose money do you use to send the WhatsApp? Whose money is buying the credit? Your mother. Oh. <laughs> may, may, may God give that woman a change of heart. That sometimes you will send a friend message telling, uh, can you send me some SOS credits? All because you want to use it to chat. 
Go and get something doing. Even if it's blocked, go and carry it. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Listen, your mindset about work must be consistent with God's purpose for work. Your mindset about work, it must be consistent or else you fail. You must not work for money only. You must not work for money only. And I'll come back to it. You must not work for money. If everything you do is money driven, that's why those of us who are born again, when we have an opportunity to engage in the house of God, we need to be wholeheartedly involved. For most people, everything you do anywhere, you collect money. As even the church, when you come and sing, you want us to pay you. You have a problem. You have a major problem. You have a major problem. Number three. Number three. Proverbs 24. This is one of the scriptures I like most. Proverbs 24, verse 27. He says, prepare thy work without. Make it fit for thyself. Afterwards, build thy house. That is the procedure. Somebody say that's the procedure. You want to marry? Prepare thy work. Make it fit. And then afterwards, build your house. Build your house. Build your house. Don't go proposing. Then you propose. She says, yes, the marriage, the relationship is on severally. And you are never coming into conclusion. Praise God. Number three. A diligent person feels ashamed to beg. A diligent person feels ashamed to beg. You know why people can beg? Because they have no shame. They have no shame. They have no shame. Well-built man. And you are calling a student passing by to give you one Ghana. If you are ashamed, you won't do that kind of thing. Sometimes you are walking in town and you meet this huge man. And he's acting like he's sick. Praise God. You look at his face, you see that he's sick of laziness. The sickness he has is laziness. That is a sickness that is mirrored all over his face. Luke chapter 16, verse 3. Luke 16, 3. He said, Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do for my Lord taken away from me the stewardship? I cannot dig. To beg, I'm ashamed. May you feel ashamed to beg. Amen. Beg him for credit. Beg him for this. May you feel ashamed to beg. Amen. Listen, let me tell you something. You see, it is an act of unrighteousness to beg. It's actually an act of unrighteousness to beg. Let it be your consciousness. Nations are begging nations. We go cap in arms and we are begging. Instead of sitting down and minding our own business, the people whom we go to beg, they work to produce it. And they, no wonder they usually control us. Because there's no free aid anywhere. The future of this nation must not be mortgaged. Some people are old enough, they will die any time from now. But the younger generation must not be deprived. A nation filled with morality. A nation filled with righteousness. I was saying on Sunday, the only thing Africa can boast about is our connection with God. And if we allow that one to go down the drain, we have lost everything. We don't have the giant companies. All we have is a sound conscience. Or you go to nations in Europe, people do all kinds of things. Somebody can be walking literally naked. Here, by the time you are doing that, you are mad. It's mad people who do that here. So if you are going to start that kind of foundation, we are risking our future. And may the Lord bring judgment on anyone who will spearhead that agenda in the name of Jesus. Begging is an act of unrighteousness. Whether it is done in church or outside church. Whether it's done outside church or inside church, it's an act of The Bible says in the book of Psalm 20... Uh, Psalm where? 37 verse 25. He said, I'll be young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. You, it's not your seed. You yourself, you are begging. It's not our seed. Our leaders go begging. May God help this nation. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? When you have a beggarly mentality, you can't accomplish much in life. Because a beggar is always thinking of somebody to go get it and bring it to him. And listen, if somebody is supposed to go get it and bring it to you, he will always give you dropouts. He will give you the cramps. Nobody will labor. The kind of money they give to us and they come with all manner of foolish conditions. Those monies are monies that can easily be generated. If all Ghanaians will put our hands on the deck, from the presidency to the common man on the street, and we say we are going to invest hard in labor, 
We will not waste our time at our working places and pretend to be working when we, are, we know we are entertaining ourselves. Can somebody give me an amen there? A diligent person does not despise any work. A diligent person does not, number four, he does not despise, a diligent person do not, does not despise any work. Please correct it. A diligent person does not despise any work. A lot of people who say they are graduate are sitting at home because they are looking for a particular kind of work. Listen, if you don't take care, you will be looking for it for the next 10 years. Get out on the street. Get to start doing what is available. I, I remember many years ago, I did a workshop for national service persons. When, when the church, uh, Christ at work, how many of you were part of that seminar? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a go-go stand. Christ at work. <laughs> at the very initial stages of a church, I was telling them, every time, when you finish school, those of you who finish school, there are two kinds of jobs. There's an available job and there's a desirable job. The desirable job is what everybody goes after. That's what, and those ones are limited. Bank, here, tie, suit, those jobs are limited. Those are what? Limited. Yeah, limited. Tomato sellers in Kumasi have built houses and they've rented it to degree holders. If you go and join your mother in town and with your intelligence, the same business, she, she did that ordinary tabletop business and she was able to manage you through investing. You are finished and now you think you are a big man. You are a nobody. No wonder you are begging and you are not even ashamed you are begging. If you will bring your knowledge, she was not a graduate, but she was able to sell tomatoes to build a house. Can you imagine when a graduate takes over that same business? But you see, your mindset, your mindset, you see, you are not hungry. That's why usually beggars are also not hungry people. That's why when people get things free and cheap, usually they, they don't learn to think for themselves. You see, hunger has a way of making people to think. Me, I don't pity people who are hungry around me at a certain age. Old. When you're a child, I'm very sensitive to your needs. But when you cross 18 and above, listen, sit up or you perish. The prodigal son, why did he came, come to himself? When he became hungry. When hunger struck and he could not get any food to eat except to desire the food offered to pigs, he said, Abba, Abba. He took, he, he took away his dignity. He said, no, I'm not even going back. If I can get food, I don't mind whether I'll be a son or a servant. I just want to get something doing. And if somebody who has finished school will also tell himself, I don't mind whether I have a degree or not. I just want to get money. And whatever will bring me money, I'm ready to do it until I get the one that I desire to do. Am I complicating here? When you sit down and you are waiting for people to give you things, you will wait forever. You will wait forever. You will wait forever. You wait forever. You wait forever. My father was not poor, but because he didn't manage his affairs well, by setting proper structure to his property and everything, when he left us, he left us in a very miserable state. And so I took responsibility very early in life. Sometimes I come across to people as being very old. I'm not very old and I'm not very young. Praise God. But I took responsibility early. And when you accept responsibility, there's a way you mature in life. There's virtually nothing I've not done before. Sold chorism uh, before. Sold, uh, what do you call it? Done shoe uh, cobbler before. Sold politics in buses. Sold biscuits in Osa buses. All kinds of things I've done some before. And today I'm here. This is what I was born to do. But to become this, I went through all of that places. You are sitting there and your degree has made your head a foolish head. May God bring wisdom to your head. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen. You, see, you, see, you see, we go to school to be equipped with skill. But we, we our whole econ academic system, you are taught to look for something instead of create something. You are taught to look for something. When you finish, you are looking for what to do. Instead of coming out to create something. May God help us in this nation. Amen. Instead of concentrating our efforts and our energies on refining our educational system that is deteriorating, we are introducing something that will be a cancer to the very foundation of this society. May God's judgment not be spared to people who spearhead that agenda. Amen. Somebody give me a believing amen there. Amen. 
The Bible says righteousness is also a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Sin is a reproach to any people. Any people, no matter where they are. A, a, a diligent person does not despise any work. Any work, they do it. Praise God. Doing any work and earning money legitimately is better than, there's more dignity in that than begging. If there's more dignity in that, if you have a sense of human dignity, you would rather do carry toilet and then you are paid for it. Done! Go to somebody and your hand is your hand. The Bible said the borrower is a servant to the lender. A beggar is a slave perpetually. 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 The whole mindset of begging is from, from the top down. And we must deliver ourselves from it. An African thinks that he has to go somewhere before he can break through. That's, that's, that's a wrong mindset. We must always go somewhere before we can break through. But the earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. The Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. In every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Kesbin employed several degree holders before he had a degree. Honor services. He has a lot of money. I don't know whether he has a degree. Don't let your degree fool you. Master's degree fool you. PAD fool you. Ultimately, it's about what you can bring on the table. If you can, all of that you have the master's PAD, go for them. It's not bad to go for them. But if all of it will bring you to a place where you fold your arms like this and be staring at the skies, you are just a waste. Total waste. You shall not waste your life. Amen. I said you shall not waste your life. Amen. The shame associated with begging is an important incentive for work. If you feel ashamed enough, you will get to work. I see you working. Amen. I said I see you working. Yeah. Find something to do. Start it. You may be a shopkeeper. But sooner or later, you will be a shop owner. Life starts from somewhere. And those who are not ready to start from anywhere will go nowhere. Life starts from somewhere. And they, those who are ready to start from anywhere are not ready to start from anywhere are going nowhere. Start from somewhere. There's always a beginning. Though thy beginning be small, thy latter ends to greatly increase. Though thy beginning. Though thy beginning. Yeah. My son here. He's a degree holder. He, he has a degree in nursing. Abi, stand. But he's driving Uber. Praise God. <laughs> Drives Uber. Drives Uber. Another person is also looking for something, somebody to drop him something. Yeah. Media taxi, the enemy country taxi saying. You see, I don't think I will bring him. Uber bring papa, 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 papa. It's not the case. You are baptized. Now, crowd, you feel you are somebody. That, that thing that you cry there, you won't drive that. That thing in you know, cry shows that you are very low. Sunday will come to that. A diligent person overcomes excuses for non-performance. They overcome excuses for non-performance. You remember the, the man with one talent. He said, I knew you are a hard man. I knew. When somebody is not ready to work, they blame their tools. A lazy man will always blame his tools. Because the same tools you are talking about, other people are using it to work. Other people are using the same tools. And sometimes others are using worse tools than the one you are using. And they are being productive with it. He says, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the code. Proverbs chapter 24, 20 verse 4. He said, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the code. Therefore shall he beg in harvest. Lazy people end up as beggars. You won't be a beggar. Amen. I said you won't be a beggar. Amen. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and shall have nothing. You won't blow. If you won't blow, you will eat. That's what, uh, uh, what do you call it? Thessalonians said, if any man will not work, he should not eat. So don't be sympathetic. I'll, next year, I'll teach on something. But you see, there are some people in church who ought not to be assisted in any way. Their assistance actually makes them liabilities. It makes them liabilities. Makes them. Proverbs chapter 20, 26, verse 13. Proverbs 26, 13. The slothful said, There's a lion in the way in the streets. There's a lion in the way. In the way. A lion in the streets. They, they, they have all kinds of things. You, 
When you meet a slothful man and you give him ideas, he will tell you 101 reasons why the idea is not working. He's not thinking, oh, you have thought through and you are suggesting something to him. While you are suggesting, he's just think the only thing his mind can use is to defeat the positive initiatives you are suggesting to him. He sees them everywhere. That's one way you identify a lazy man. Now, we are not looking at a lazy man. We are looking at a diligent man. Excuses. If you want to follow excuses, nothing will be done. Praise God. Nothing will be done. Nothing will be done. And some of us are in church. Instead of getting involved, we have one excuse. My job is tight. My days is tight. My academics is tight. Listen, if you were to follow all of that excuses, you even wake up from your bed. But if you wake up from your bed and you can make time for your work, you can make time for your children, you can make time for your family, you can also make time to be involved in the house of God. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Yeah. Number five, six. Number six, a diligent person works with a sense of accountability. Sense of accountability. A diligent person works with a sense of accountability. The Bible said now after a long time, give me a uh, 40, 25 verse 14 to 19. Again, it will be like a man going to a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Verse 15. Then he gave five talents. Go on, go on, go on, go on. After a long time, give me verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. After a long time. After a long time. They work with a sense of accountability. The other man who received one talent just took it and buried it and he thought that the man would not ask him anything. It will, it will interest you to know that some of us will get to heaven and will be shocked at how we are unable to speak because we have no answers to give the master. The potential, the giftings, the ideas, innovations he has placed in you, you are sitting on them tight, watching whatever. May you receive fresh fire to work. Amen. Receive fresh energy to work. Give me a believing amen. amen. A diligent person works with the consciousness that he's accountable to his bosses, his earthly bosses, as well as his heavenly bosses. You know we have a heavenly boss. When you are working, your heavenly boss is God. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 14 verse 12, he said, and we shall all give. We shall. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We will give account of ourselves to God. Every one of us, the gifts he gave us, the abilities he gave us, the potential he placed, you will account for God. Every one of it, what did you use it for? In the church, what did you use it for? Outside the church, what did you use it for? In your office, what did you use it for? May grace come upon us to be responsible. In the book of Hebrews 13, 17, he said, Obey them that have the rule over you. Obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Then he says, give them a reason to do it with joy and not with sorrow. That will not be for your benefit. There are people, they are doing something and when they are quizzed, why they are not doing it right, they get offended. Because they don't have a sense of accountability. Whether in church or outside church, you owe it. Your boss should be able to call you and quiz you about your work. And your hands should be behind you answering diplomatically and respectfully. Am I communicating here? Yeah. yeah. People get offended easily when they are, they are, their work is being examined. Sometimes out of the thinking that they are perfect or what, you don't, you don't really get it. But you are all accountable. I am mindful that one day I will stand before him and I will give account for every one of you I pastor. I'm mindful of that. That's why I won't watch you go wrong when you are going wrong. I will tell you the choice is yours to either obey or to refuse. But it should not be on my part that I, I knew the truth that I didn't tell you. I saw where Apostle Paul was speaking. He said, I have, I have showed you the whole counsel of God. He said, I have not, declared to, I have not failed to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. That's my responsibility. And number seven, a diligent person learns to work with others. Yeah, number seven, a diligent person learns to work with others. Ask your neighbor, are you able to work with people? Yeah. You must learn how to work with people. Some people are more comfortable around animals. They can't work with people. I'm telling you. You put them in a group, small group, and they are fighting. They are so opinionated that they can't embrace other people's ideas. When they speak, they shut everybody out. 
you have to develop the skill of working with people. Because, listen, if you will ever be promoted in life, you will be promoted over people, not uh, tables and computers. You can be the head of IT unit in a company, but it's still not over computers, it's over human beings. And if you don't know how to work with people, whether it's in church, the choir, the uh, greatest union, wherever, learn it. Learn it. When you come among people, you don't bring all of yourself there. There's a part of you that will not make the group work. Let that aside and make sure that you are part of the group. It's working fine. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. Learn to work with others. Many people don't know that. It's a skill you must develop. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Look at what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 4 9. It's better to have a partner than go alone. Go it alone. Share the work and share the wealth. And that is also one of the reasons why many people are not able to. Sometimes you go to a church and very few people are doing everything. The power is concentrated in one man. They call him the senior pastor. Share the work and share the wealth. Sometimes the company is growing. Instead of hiring more people, the person doesn't want to share the profit. So he keeps on overburdening the very few. You're a wicked tax master. Share the work. Can you take me back? I'm on emphasizing the point and you take me out there. Share the work and share the wealth. You can't share the work if you are not ready to share the glory. Please take me back. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It's better to have share the work and share the wealth. Somebody say share the work. And share the wealth. Yeah. Share it. Some people will not engage other people because they don't want anybody to take their glory. Yeah. They want all, everybody. Every, he's the center of the show. Listen, when you die, somebody will continue. So while you are alive, make sure that good people are also part. Am I communicating? Because when you die, maybe some foolish people will just come and take over. So why don't you engage good hands and competent hands while you are alive? So that when you are dead, you can be sure that the, play, the job is secure. The future and your legacy is secure. Very important. The one talent man, do you know why he did not trade? Because he didn't know how to work with anybody. He took the gift and buried it instead of going to look for people. The Bible said the one who received two went and traded with it. Five went and traded with it. So he was, they were engaging and contacting people. This one carried it and buried it because he was not ready to flow with people. Working with people is not easy, but it is always the best approach. Jesus worked with people. You know, we serve a heavenly father who is a team player. So if you don't learn to be a team player, you are actually out of order. God is a team player. Right from Genesis, he said, let us make man. We saw it in the beginning. God the Father said, he spoke, and then the spirit took over. And the word became flesh. Father, son, working together. When you come to the story of redemption, it's the same thing. God so loved the world. The father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And now when you go to Hebrews, the Bible said, Jesus offered himself through the spirit unto God. They have always been working together. If God, the all-powerful, the omnipotent, God, the all-wise, he learns to work with others. Why are you thinking that wisdom is only in your head? May God give you grace and the humility to work with others. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? Give me a believing amen. amen. Yeah, I know why your amen is not so loud. Because if I was dishing out prophecies for visas, it would be loud. But I'm putting, you, I'm putting keys in your hands. That will not necessarily, you wouldn't need to travel anywhere to make it. In your own country, I say it all the time, if Ghanaians will work crazily, tirelessly, the way we work, when we travel out there, this nation will be a better place. It will be a better place. But it looks like Africans have a very poor mindset, poor self-image. Everything we do for a white man is good. The thing we do for ourselves is not good. Yeah. You see it from the way our leaders think. And that's why you, it's a conscious effort. It's a conscious effort. That mindset guides me in most of the things I do all the time. Everything I'm doing, I, I go for the best. Because it's a certain mindset that must be defeated. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Buried it. You won't bury your talent. Amen. You will not bury your talent. Amen. Number seven, a, faith, a diligent person. Number eight, a diligent person is faithful with every assignment, either great or small, either for themselves or for others. Great or small, it is known that 
people who are able to manage and stand and lead businesses on their own have always been able to excel working for other people until you succeed. Listen, it is more difficult to work for yourself than to work for others. When you are working for others, there is this mentality that it is difficult working with people. But when you are working for yourself, it is even more difficult. That's why not many people work for themselves. Have you seen that not many people work for themselves? You go to Ghana, a lot of people are working for other people. Not many people are able to work for themselves. Because it takes more, more discipline, more uh, courage to be able to stand on your own. Yeah. So learn to be faithful. Learn to be faithful. Somebody has uh, given you a place in the shop. Be faithful. Don't be going there late. Go to work. And when he's not around, you are on the computer watching unnecessary things. When he comes, you are pretending you are working. Who are you deceiving? No wonder you are not getting promoted. Because see, God sees the secret. While your boss was absent, God was there. God was watching. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. It's required. When you are an usher, be faithful. Be faithful. You are a preacher, be faithful. You are, if you are an usher, if assuming that you are the only usher in this church, the time you come to church, will the church be able to go on? Be faithful. Faithfulness is required in every steward. The Bible said, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It's interesting how the Bible puts it. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He said, he that is faithful in the least is faithful in much. Also, so that it, you cannot, some people say, oh, if it grows out, you don't manage. Papa said, you don't manage to, you don't grow big to manage well. You manage well to grow big. You don't grow big to manage well. You manage big to, you manage well to grow big. That's it. A lot of businesses are not doing well because the person says, oh, if I'm able to get my office, I will put my all in it. Listen, you are not faithful. Put your all in it now that you are not in your office. Many people are jealous of their bosses. What they don't know, that the average boss works tirelessly. Additional hours than the average employee. Millionaires are noted to work on the average of about 55 hours to 60 hours a week. The average person works how many hours? 40 hours a week. The, the gap, the 20 hours difference is what is making them different. I pray that grace will come upon you to be diligent. Amen. I pray that grace will come upon you to be diligent. Amen. You can't just confess uh, dreams. As for dreams, anybody can sleep and dream something. But when you dream, you go sleep and you dream and you see yourself eating a nice food. You have to wake up and cook it. Am I communicating? Wake up and cook it. Say, ah, I was eating something nice. Until you go to the kitchen and cook it, it will be in your dream. I see you eating good. I said, I see you eating good. Give me a belief in amen. amen. A faithful, a diligent person is faithful. He's dependable. When you need him, he's available. And when he's available to his committed, not just available and idling about. Number nine. Number nine. A diligent person does not run away from problems. Yeah, does not run away from problems. And last night, uh, Chief showed me one of such. Let's put our hands together for Chief. It is, it is in Apple products, MacBooks and all of this. Last, yesterday, my, my MacBook gave me some slight problem in the morning. Early in the morning. And I took it to him because I needed to get some things organized. I took it to him. When, what time did I get to your place? I think around nine something. Yeah. He sat with the machine. And from nine to about uh, 11.30 p.m. were in his place. A diligent person stays long with problems. If you are running away from little problems, you are, you are not going anywhere. Stays long until the solution is found. Until the solution. We have a generation that runs away from problems. This younger generation runs away from problems. That's why they marry three months, they want to divorce. Three weeks, they want to One month, they want to divorce. I mean, I have had people marry and under two months, they are contemplating divorce. You have to learn how to stay and endure long at the problem. That's what a diligent, a diligent person stays until. That's what a person now quoted. Albert Einstein, he said, it's not because I'm smart. 
but I'm able to stay with problems much longer than the average person. That is what makes him different from all others. He stays with problems. And the more you stay with the problem, think about the problem, you find that is how solution will come. Am I communicating? There is no problem without solution. Your financial problem has a solution. Am I communicating here? Your financial problem has a solution. Your marital problem has a solution. Think about it. How can you be married for just two years and every time there's confusion, sit down, man, think. Use your coconut. There's something good there. When you think, you realize that if you manage the way you talk to your wife, things will be different. If you manage the way you talk to your husband, things will be different. I'm not complicating somebody here. It's so important. Every problem has a solution. Every problem. Every problem. Because when you begin to think that some problems have no solution, you are, all, all, you are resigning yourself to faith. And that is the worst place to be. Praise God. Yeah. They stay long. Look at uh, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. He said, Who, verse 7, Zechariah 4, 7. Who art thou, O mountain? O great mountain before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. Yeah, shall become. Every mountain shall be level before you. Amen. Every mountain before you shall be level. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. that marital mountain shall be level. Amen. Financial mountain shall be level. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Give me a believing amen. amen. A diligent person works for others as, as if he or she is working for himself. That's a mark of a diligent person. Diligent person works for others as if he or she is working for himself. If every government employee will work as if they were working for themselves. Those who are working for others will work as if they were working for themselves. Productivity will soar. Productivity will what? Soar. It will go higher and higher and higher. Our GDP will increase. But when we go and sit down, when it's another man's business, it's not ours. But when you look at the Bible, in the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 12, Luke 16, 12, he said, if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with, your own, with things of your own? Go to the good news one. Why should you be trusted? He said, if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what belongs to you? And you know who gives it? Ultimately, it's God. The Bible says man can receive nothing except to be given to him from above. And before God commits anything into any man's hands, he examines him. He knows his heart. Praise God. There are some of you, you have wild dreams. And I'm dreaming. I want to do this business. I want to, do, I want to move it. Listen. Until the state of your heart is changed. Towards your current boss. You are not likely to see your vision come to pass. Because life is said that when you help others attain their dream, God will make your dream become a reality. But when you are a part of people who sabotage and destroy the dream of others, you will not even sleep well to have a good dream. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. God uses other people's work to train and groom you for your own work. Always remember that. God uses other people's work to train and groom you for your own work. Number 11. A diligent person looks beyond the monetary benefits or rewards from his work. A diligent person. Somebody say a diligent person. He looks beyond. He looks beyond. He looks beyond monetary benefits. Luke chapter 3. That what should we do? Ask some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. Somebody say, be content with your pay. Say, be content with your pay. A diligent person always looks beyond the monetary benefits. Let me tell you, there's something I wrote here. I said, your attitude towards work will always be poor if money becomes your primary motivation for work. Your attitude towards work will always be poor if money becomes your primary motivation for work. There are people in the course of the year, they can change jobs like three times. Four times. There's no culture of loyalty whatsoever. Because it's all about money. The one who gives me bigger money, I follow. So certain strategic relationships that can be fought at a particular workplace, that can open a greater door for you, someday you, you just let it go in pursuit of vain mammon, money. Let me tell you, in life, there's a book I'm writing the truth about money. In fact, I've actually finished it. It's just that I've not had time to proofread it. And I examine about seven things that are more important than money. I talked about that. There are things that are more important than money. When money becomes the most important thing in your life, you are most poor. 
When money becomes the most important thing in your life, you are most poor. Your greatest drive is for money. It's a sign that you are very poor. A diligent person works under little or no supervision. A diligent person. You don't have to go and follow him up again and again, again and again. When you give him instruction, it's worth taking. And you can be sure you can go and sleep. And the job will be done the way you want it. If artisans will learn this, a lot of work will go on. You give him work and you decide to pee. By the time you come back, something else is happening. Something else is happening. Something else is happening. Something else is happening. A diligent person works. The Bible said, consider the, uh, uh, the ant. Go to uh, Proverbs 6, 6, 8. You lazy fool, look at, not you. Look at an ant. Yeah. Look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. He says, what has he? Nobody has to tell it what to do. Every now and then, if you have to remind somebody again and again, if he's an employee or somebody who is working, you want to remind them again and again about something they know they are supposed to be doing, they simply are not committed. People who have to be reminded again and again consistently is a pure sign. If you're a leader, know that you are not committed. Yeah, because when you are committed and you are told, you go about doing it. Praise God. We don't mean to say you don't, you don't forget. But if repeatedly the assignment that has been committed to you, you have to be reminded to do it. It's your sign. So how long are you going to lace around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? May you get out of bed early. Listen, the ability to do an excellent work with or without supervision is one of the most important attributes of a diligent person. With or without little supervision. When you are able to do excellent, and I'm not talking about work, because some people can pretend to work, but the work, you yourself, you regret having left them to do it. When you can do an excellent job with or without supervision, yeah, you are, you are going somewhere. Praise God. Most of the contracts they give out to some people, sometimes the prices are overinflated because one, the contractors are not committed to an excellent job, and the people who are paid to even go to the site to inspect it. Some of them never visit the site, but all the monies are in their accounts. When we finish, and then the road is dissipated after two months, one year, we blame government. You see, sometimes we think that government is uh, an empty place. Government is you and I. We are all a people, a people, a government is always a reflection of the people. Every government in any nation is a reflection of the people. The values and the belief system of the people will always reflect in their leadership. Number 13, a diligent person. Just give me a few minutes, I'll be out of your way. A diligent person does not allow past or current achievements or success to make him complacent. They don't rest on their eyes. No. Oh, I, I, I used to do this. Oh, when I was here, I used to be very committed. How come you are not committed now? We are not interested in your past. We are interested in your present. The Bible said, remember, you know, the former things. In that, consider the things of old. For behold, I do a new thing. You don't succeed. You succeeded yesterday. So what is happening today? Because if you succeeded yesterday, but you are failing today, in no time, you'll be history. You'll be gone. Other people will come and you'll be gone. You, will not be, you shall not be left behind. I said, you shall not be left behind. Apostle Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching for to those things which are before. I press. Receive the grace to press. Amen. I say receive grace to press. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number 14. A diligent person works with the right attitude at all times. Right attitude. Somebody say right attitude. Right. Say right attitude. Right. You see, it's not just enough to work, but you must work with the right attitude. Praise God. Sometimes you can do a good job, but your negative attitude will, will keep people from doing business with you. Praise God. I mean, there are some people, no matter how gifted they are, I don't want to do any business with them. Because their language, when they speak, you will feel like uh, somewhere. You have to. Right attitude. The right attitude. The right attitude. I remember when, when we were facing this place, there were artisans who came here and we just had to dismiss them. Because when you tell him do this, he is not able to think 
that this thing must be this way. You have thought and you are telling him. And he's arguing with you. That's a negative attitude. Praise God. I hired you in the first place. Praise God. I gave you an opportunity to do something. And I must be given the right to comment about it. Am I communicating? The fact that you have been given a task does not mean that we should just leave it to you alone. Praise God. When you have a sense of accountability, you are always open. Open, open, open. Right attitude. Look at what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Slaves, obey your early masters. Now, that was then. In this context, it has to do with employer, employee, or anybody who is working with a master in view. He says, obey them in everything. Try to please them all the time. Somebody say, try to please them all the time. People work with people and they say, I, I'm not here, particularly in church. I, don't, I, I only want to please God. Listen, if you are really pleasing God, the pastor there who represents God will be first pleased. Go to Numbers. When you read Numbers, you will see Moses was angry and God was angry. Praise God. Why? Because that is how God has ordained it. Please. You can't go to the office and say, I, me, I just want to do a good job. I don't care. That's why you are creating problems for yourself. You say they don't like you. You must learn protocol. Learn to please the person in charge. The one, your boss, your ultimate boss should be happy with the work you are doing. Anybody else can be happy. If your ultimate boss is not happy, you are not doing a good job. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Take me back, please. Take me back. Work. Go back to verse 23. 23, 23. Work willingly. At whatever you do. Somebody say whatever. Willingly. Willingly. There must be excitement. Praise God. Willingly. At whatever. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now this is somebody working to get paid. They are encouraged to work as for the Lord. So how much more when you are working for God? You need to be encouraged. You need to be cajoled. You need to be all kinds of things before you are all out. It's a sign that you are not mature. He said, do the work as unto the Lord, working for God. Now go to verse 24 and look at this. Look at this. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. And that the master you are serving is Christ. But go to verse 25 because there's a warning there. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong. For God has no favorites. God has no favorites. If God were your supervisor, that's what it means. If God were your supervisor, how would he work? That's all. That's all the scripture is about. If God were your supervisor, how will he work? As a pastor, God is my supervisor. How will I work? As a doctor, God is your supervisor. How will he work? Very important. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. The same thing is repeated in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 9. Servants respectfully obey your earthly masters. Respectfully. Huh. With an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Six, don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily. Somebody say heartily. Uh-huh. As Christ servants doing what God wants you to do. Verse seven, he says, and work with a smile on your face. Somebody say smile on your face. Smile. Yeah. So whether it's the washroom you are managing, smile on your face. Whether it's on the altar you are leading prayer, smile on your face. Am I communicating? Yeah. When you read the book of uh, uh, Philippians 2.14, he said, do all things without complaining. Do everything without complaining. Complaining, complaining. When people don't want to do what they've been assigned to do, they have a lot of complaints. Yeah, they have. They have. Let's close with number 15. A diligent person sees God as his or her ultimate boss and reward at work. You need this. Who is your boss? God. Somebody say God. God. Say God. God. Yeah. Whether you are the ultimate manager or whoever. All of us, our boss is God. The employer, his boss is God. The employee, your boss is God. And ultimately, God decides. God is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible said promotion coming out from the east, not the west. God is the judge. I tell people all the time, even when you are not being treated well where you work, make sure you offer quality. Because see, you are not working for that man who is not treating you well. You are working for God. And as God becomes satisfied with your work, 
he can just pick you up from that company. And by the time you realize, he's taking you to a place where you'll be receiving 10 times where you used to receive. That's how God rewards people. That's how God rewards people. He picked Joseph from the house of Potiphar and made him a prime minister. That's how God rewards people. A man David was picked from being a shepherd boy to become a king. That's how God rewards people. He always checks your heart. And I pray that from henceforth, when God checks your heart, may he find the right things there. May you receive grace to live a diligent life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth and speak to God. The grace to be diligent. The grace to be diligent. The grace to be diligent. Somebody pray. The grace to be diligent. The grace to be diligent. The grace, the grace, the grace. Whether employer or employee, the grace for dutiful commitment, dedicated work. Open your mouth and speak to God. The grace. Thank you that in anywhere we shall be found, we shall excel and be outstanding like Daniel. We honor you and we bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. <laughs>